Time for seafood news. You're listening to the Seafood News Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Comtel, which will be receiving a complete redesign in 2020. Subscribers who utilize Comtel to track market quotations, analyze trends, and stay on top of key industry news will see a host of new features. Streamlined navigation, customizable dashboards, and filtering options, quick access to your favorite reports, and more will make Comtel an even more valuable tool for those impacted by the protein markets. I'm News Assistant Ryan Doyle. And I'm Erner Barry Seafood Market Reporter Lauren Castiglione. Thanks for joining us. In our top story of the day, reports out of Chile indicate salmon production is beginning to ramp up as processing plants resume operations. According to AquaChile, fishermen and students have agreed to depose the demonstration that block access to Cuellón, a port city that's a hub for salmon in the country. Expectations were that plants could restart operations again following the deal, even though a small number of demonstrators remained on roads attempting to block access. Early last week, salmon expert Chile spoke with Marta Oyarzo, and she said that 800,000 fish in collection centers haven't been fed in over a week and are nearing death. With the return to operations in the port city, the impact of the protests will soon be discovered. The undertone in the farm salmon complex remains somewhat unsettled, with the market adjusting to supply starting to flow into the U.S. market from Chile. Ernerberry market reporter Janice Schreiber broke down the situation further. Spot supplies in the fresh Chile filet market look to range adequate to barely adequate. After the holiday in Chile last week, we are starting to now see production hit the market as suppliers report that the ability to produce has improved. The situation continues to remain day-to-day, and market participants report that product is reaching the market, but uncertainty surrounds it in some cases. Meanwhile, California Department of Fish and Wildlife Director Charlton Bonham on Tuesday confirmed a Dungeness crab season delay until November 22nd. The agency said the delay should help protect humpback and blue whales from potential gear entanglement. The Central California season that usually opens November 15th south of the Mendocino and Sonoma County line typically heralds a holiday season that many in the San Francisco area count on for their Thanksgiving dinners and that fishermen see as a good paycheck before Christmas. It also signals the rest of the West Coast industry as to what fishermen can expect in their areas. If pots are full, it signals hope. If pots aren't full, it signals concern. And some fishermen were upset at the proposed delay, one of several factors that could keep crabbers in port. Demoic acid, frequently a partner with warmer water temperatures, could also affect the opening. However, preliminary testing showed only an area near Bodega Head showing an elevated level in September. It has since had two clean tests. There was support for the delay as well, as some fishermen wrote in comments to the department supporting Bonham's decision. A majority of California Dungeness Crab Fishing Gear Working Group members, using the Risk Assessment and Mitigation Program guidelines, recommended opening the season on November 15th. A minority recommended delaying until December 1st. However, the California Department of Fish and Wildlife said marine life concentrations for humpback and blue whales remain high, and as a result, the commercial fishery poses a significant risk of marine life entanglement. Based on this independent analysis, department staff recommended an eight-day season delay in the central management area. Next up, Lauren, I turn to you to tell us the latest from the catfish market. Of course. So the latest import numbers are out, and catfish volumes from both Vietnam and China fall 40% on a year-to-date basis, but for two very different reasons. Inventory of Chinese catfish frozen fillets are thin, while domestic consumption of the species within China is on the rise, attributing to less exports into the U.S. One key factor attributing to waning exports from China is African swine fever affecting pork production within the country. 
Channel catfish has proved to be one of the substitute proteins, greatly affecting price and volumes here in the U.S. Currently, a 3 to 5 ounce size catfish uh, frozen filet is averaging about $4.03, while the previous three-year average for the same size filet is $3.69, or $0.34 cents less. Ryan, can you lend a hand and give us the latest on Pangasius? Sure thing. And in the wake of high prices in 2018, farming of the species increased and U.S. imports were strong. With higher volumes in inventory and reports of consumption trailing off, prices fell to record lows and inventory levels became burdensome. If diminishing demand wasn't causing prices to weaken, it was industry players discounting product in order to take advantage of the much lower import prices now being offered overseas. The outlook on the market is mixed, as some believe we could see a turnaround through the holiday and Lenten season, while others doubt we will ever see the strong prices we did in 2018 again. As the industry wraps up their holiday and Q1 2020 buys, the story should start unfolding. Now let's dive into some fun news as Billy Joel is partnering with Fenway Park, home of the Boston Red Sox, in support of the fishing industry. Joel will donate four Dell EMC club tickets for every Red Sox home game with proceeds from the tickets benefit both the Long Island Commercial Fishing Association and the Gloucester Fishermen's Wives Association. The Long Island Commercial Fishing Association was head over heels with Joel's support, showing their thanks and appreciation for the donation on social media. The donation coincides with Billy Joel's seventh season of residency at Fenway Park in August of 2020. And as a native New Yorker, I absolutely love Billy Joel. Um, I still haven't seen him play. I know he's in MSG oh, all the time. It's, it's, it's bad. <laughs> I know. I, I really have to go before he before he calls it quits here. Um, but he's really actually been known to love the sea. And I think it's kind of almost like, like a given at this point, you know, as you know, especially us being from Jersey, we know Bruce Springsteen, all his Jersey yeah. songs, uh, Billy, Billy Joel has all the New York songs. And we're familiar with down Eastern Alexa, um, a song that's pretty much dedicated to commercial fishermen in that area. And even though New York and Boston have a heated rivalry in the world of sports, Joel is appreciated by both New England and Long Islanders alike. Uh, I didn't know this. I can't believe this slip is a big sports fan, but he received a 2018 Red Sox World Series ring uh, for his commitment to the New England area, which I thought wow, was, a, awesome. you know, I just think this is a really nice story. And it's great to hear that commercial, the commercial fishing industry is benefiting from it. Yeah, I love it. That's pretty neat. Now, it may be early November, but salmon is on a pretty important shopping list. Catsmo's Smoked Salmon made Oprah's Favorite Things list. <laughs> Available on Amazon, you can buy four of Catsmo's most popular flavors of smoked salmon. Catsmo's Gold Label, Irish Smoked Salmon, Scottish Smoked Salmon, and Gravlex. The products are ready to serve in vacuum sealed to preserve freshness for 21 days. And Katzmo also mentioned freezing them to enjoy later, I think for up to three months, which is pretty good value. That time of year, you're going to have a lot of leftovers. Yeah. So you, you might need to wait till January or February to open that up. Um, but orders are shipped directly from their Hudson Valley Smokehouse, located in the foothills of the Catskill Mountains of New York. So it's local to us. We're you know recording here in Tom's River. And I'm from the Hudson Valley in New York. So it's very cool. locally sourced things. So when I saw that, I was like, oh, look, we, we, we got some press here the in map. the Hudson Valley. We're on the map. Exactly. <laughs> Their salmon uh, has no preservatives and is sourced from sustainable aquaculture centers in Scotland. Uh, they highlighted a few serving options like a squeeze of lemons, sprinkling of scallions, or garnish with cream cheese and fresh tomatoes. And Lauren, I'm going to ask you, what is your favorite smoked salmon dish? So other than the go-to bagels and lox or traditional Philly roll, mm -hmm. I really enjoy a simple pasta dish with smoked salmon. You just chop it up, add some gape, uh, capers, cracked pepper, a little fresh Parmesan, uh, diced onion, olive oil. If you really want to be indulgent, uh, some heavy cream 
uh, mixed up in there. It looks super impressive, but it's so easy to make. I'm gonna have to start taking your recipe advice. I usually go with the bagel. Very simple. <laughs> right. um, I'm very simple. It's it's hard Throw to get anything me to on a bagel. Yeah, but that, but that it's it it sounds really good, and we're happy to see some salmon make uh, yes. Oprah's list. Very cool. <laughs> All right, Lauren, so that sounds absolutely delicious. And let's wrap things up by telling us about your recent trip to New Bedford, Massachusetts. Yes. So New England account manager, Jen Mack, and a fellow seafood reporter, Liz Cuzzo, we all took a little road trip up to New Bedford. And we had a great time. There's so much history along the coast there. There's cobblestone streets. You can walk everywhere. Everything's super close. Um, we got to see a bunch of our customers who took us to the seafood auction. So we got a better understanding of how mm -hmm. that's run. Um, that morning when we were there, there was actually a load of uh, 40 to 50 count size scallops, which they haven't seen in a very, very long time. So that was pretty neat. Um, and we got to see the actual bidding process. And as an outsider with no money in the game, it seems like so much fun. <laughs> I, I, would, I think I would love to do that. Um, but we got to tour some scallop boats. We got to see some processing facilities. Um, it was a, a great trip, very informative, but as always, not long enough. And how was the food up in New Bedford? How were the delicious? Really we good? yeah, we had great food. There's so many um, you know good restaurant options, um, you know fresh fresh seafood right there, right off the boats. So you know, no complaints from my end. Awesome, sounds good. Well, next time we go up to New Bedford, I'm gonna have to join you guys. So, yeah, it sounds like a lot of fun. It it, it was. Um, but that about does it for us this week. Once again, this podcast was brought to you by Comtel. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye bye. Bye. Thank you.